Hello and welcome back to the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. Hope everybody's had a great first couple weeks of school. Everybody's settling back in. I'm sure you're really excited meeting all your new students, sort of getting the ball rolling again. It can be a really exciting time of year. We are here with a guest today. We are so excited to be welcoming Melissa Hines. She's a middle school math teacher, and she's here to talk to us today about flipping the classroom. Now, before you turn us off, because I know flipping the classroom can be really scary. And believe me, I've worked with teachers as they've tried to do it, and it's not an easy thing at all. I think we all kind of know what it is at this point. You know, the basic structure of teaching in the past has been that during class time, the teacher presents new information or skills, and then at home, the students practice dealing with that information or practice those skills when they're doing their homework. Flipping the classroom is doing it exactly the opposite. It is taking home time, that is the time that the teacher is presenting new information or new skills. So students are learning the new stuff at home. Khan Academy certainly is the thing that popularized this more than anything. And then when you're in the classroom, the teacher is actually there while you practice the skills, while you in integrate the information and synthesize the information. So, you know, if we think of a teacher as a coach, when the teacher's in the room, we're practicing. And that does make a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Students are always plugged in at home at this point, whether they're on their phones or they're on their laptops or their tablets. So taking advantage of that and having them actually learn things at home, then coming into the class and practicing and making their mistakes when the coach slash teacher is actually there to help certainly does make a lot of sense. That said, it takes a lot of work. It is a lot of work up front on teachers to completely change this model of how a classroom runs. It also can rely on technology. So there can all there can be all those bumps in the roads when the technology didn't work or when the student makes up an excuse of what went wrong at home and that can really make it scary for teachers. And it also puts a lot of responsibility on kids. You got to be able to trust kids and set high enough expectations that they watch your videos at home or they listen to your talk at home or they watch, you know, the YouTube at home, whatever it might be. It puts a lot of responsibility on kids. So between all this stuff this can make it very scary. But we are here today to say it is not that scary, and when done well, like Mrs. Hine has done, it can really change teaching and learning in your classroom. So first, Ms. Hine, thank you very much for joining us today. We're psyched to have you. Thank you. Um, I guess our first question would be, you know, you teach middle school math. Um, what does flipping the classroom mean in your class? What does it mean to teaching and learning for you? Well, you did a great job explaining what flipping the classroom means, um, but essentially I'm just creating videos of not necessarily me teaching the lesson, but going through the steps on, I don't do it where I'm being shown. I kind of print out a template and I go over the different steps. We go through example problems. And then when they come to class, it's not necessarily them just doing what I would give them for homework, but it allows us to get into more detailed activities and it gives us more time to do fun projects that sometimes we push to the side because we're pressed for time and we have to get right to the lessons and then right to the work. So um, with the learning at home, the classroom is free for great projects that help them kind of apply what they learned to different areas in the outside world. 
And when you say that it's not always a video and not necessarily you filming yourself, what do you mean by that? Because I think most of us, when we think of flipping the classroom, we immediately think of videos. Yeah, it's I do take videos, but I don't present. I'm not the one teaching. And so it's not just me teaching in front of the classroom. I print out a piece of paper. So actually, many of my videos were done in my pajamas this summer. <laughs> But um, it's basically I print out kind of a flow chart or a little graphic organizer. I go through the material and then I have a couple example problems that I walk them through and we go over words that we would highlight. Um, and then at the end of all my videos, I put a problem up for the students to do. Um, and that was actually their request because what was happening when I first implemented it was they weren't sure if they understood it and they would come in, they thought they did, and they would come in and then you'd be like, oh no, I actually don't think I knew what I was doing. So by putting a problem at the end, um, it helps them figure out what don't I know still and what do I need to go back into the video to review. And then it just helps them kind of help them understand, help them realize what they understand and um, know that they can apply it. So it just hits the basics and then... As they're doing this at home and then they come in the next day, like, first of all, I love that you said kids gave you like ideas on how to improve it. Cause I think that definitely demonstrates how effective this has been in your room. If they're opinionated about how to make it even better. Secondly, you know, you touched on, you can do more projects, you can do more interesting things in class, but, uh, just talk a little bit more about that. How, how has it really changed what's going on? Cause you, you taught for a while not doing this and now you've taught for a while doing it. How has it really changed what's happening during class time? It just gives us so much more time to do the different activities. So when you walk into class, I have 70 minute classes, so I do have a solid chunk of time. But for in the past, I would have spent 30 minutes maybe going over the lesson. I had an interactive notebook at a point in time, and then I would spend 30 minutes gluing notes in. So they have the notes at home because part of their homework is to watch the video and take a couple sentences of notes. So I'm not giving them the notes, they're taking the notes. Um, and then when they come in, we still have a do now just to go over everything, um, ask questions, because obviously they're still gonna have questions. Um, they're not gonna learn everything in a 10 minute video, but we can go over those things, but that only takes about 15 minutes. So then we can get into activities, um, word problems that they definitely struggle with, that they need additional help with, um, and that, and just having three days to do projects of their choice. So it's been great just to have extra time to do the things that we often push to the side. That sounds like a really good product of this, right? Because you're kind of blessed versus among a lot of us with 70 minute blocks, but especially in math, like you can still eat so much of a percentage of your class just on teaching and explaining and teaching and explaining and modeling. And then you have all the best intentions to sort of rotate through some different activities and it just doesn't happen. So I can see why this would really change teaching and learning in your class. Um, I think we're all probably intrigued by the fact that you're able to do a lot of this in your pajamas. So what technology do you use to do this? What did, what did, what did you have to get good at to make this work? When I first started, I literally just used my iPhone and kind of held it with one hand and wrote with the other hand um, and just right from my iPhone, uploaded it to YouTube. Um, and then as I wanted to make my videos a little bit better, I did buy a GoPro and now I upload it to iMovie and edit it. But those are, that's, it's a learning process. So the more skilled you get, and now that I have a great, a, a 
bigger goal of what I want out of it. Um, I kind of upped the technology. But when I first started, I really didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I needed to create a video and my iPhone has that ability and I needed a way to share it. Um, and so I shared it with YouTube and I can also post it right onto Google Classroom. But I like it going right to YouTube because I know it's there. Um, and then it and then it's nice because other students, it's kind of like Khan Academy. Maybe someone else will come across it. So I don't want to just put it on Google Classroom. I want it out there for others to see as well. I find that fascinating that you were able to start such an effective thing just by taking a video on your iPhone and figuring out how to get it to YouTube. That That's awesome. And that's how the that's like the baby steps that have to happen. Um, a huge part of this, of course, is how parents and families uh, sort of buy into it. I, I imagine there were some challenges there. Um, what have you done? What have you done to work with parents and families and sort of get them to understand this new model of learning math? I pretty much presented it the same way I did to the students. Um, I sent out monthly newsletters. So in my January newsletter, when I first implemented this, it kind of broke down what is a flipped classroom and why I'm doing it. Um, and then it's just important to continue to stay in touch with the parents because sometimes I've had cases where students don't have technology and they weren't upfront with me about it. So talking with the parents helps me get on their level and understand, okay, let's find a plan for the student to watch the video if you don't have access to the internet at home. Um, also, I've had a couple of parents take their kids' electronics away when they were misbehaving, and then all of a sudden the kid was like, no, I needed to do the homework. And um, I just had to kind of be honest and be like, yep, they do need to use the, do it to use the, um, to watch the videos. Uh, but the, I had to, you know, contact parents and be like, what's up? I'm not getting homework um, from your child. Is there something going on? And it ended up being, oh, I took away his electronics. I didn't know he needed it. So I had, had to reinforce the idea. Yep, they do need their electronics, but just for 15 minutes. Um, but there's some, even though I sent home newsletters, there's still some parents that didn't know what was really going on. So you just have to stay in contact with them, especially if a student isn't bringing in their notes or they're not watching the videos, try to get to the bottom of it. So um, communication with parents is super important so that they're on the same page as you. Did you put anything in place in the beginning, especially for the kids that walked in and hadn't done it at home? Because I think a lot of us, when we think about flipping the classroom, we get worried that, okay, we have 25 kids, 19 of them do it. What do we do with the six that have no idea what we're talking about? Oh yes, that was my biggest fear. And it is still a challenge. Um, but the, the students don't like coming to class not knowing what we're doing. Um, so they actually want to watch the video. And I try to just tell them, you know, you can come to my class in the morning to watch the video if you missed it. So just if, if you wake up in the morning, and you're like, oh no, I didn't watch Ms. Hines' video. Um, there's other ways that you can still learn the material before class. You just need to be proactive. And as long as you're proactive, you'll come to class prepared and get your notes and your credit and you'll know what you're doing. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's not just a homework grade. It's just you want to come in knowing what you're doing. Um, but there are times that students don't come in, uh, come in without watching the video. And I just other students help them and we go through the do nows and they kind of learn throughout the lesson. But then they I ask them to go home and really try to watch it again or maybe stay after and watch it. So it's just a group effort, but you just can't let the fears kind of step in the way of going through with this. I think that's an awesome point about the group effort and I love hearing the story of students sort of taking it out on their own to make sure they get this done and and it's you know I think it's probably what you said it's like it's like a lot of other things in our classroom where at first it's kind of different and weird but then when we cater our teaching to the type of learning that students want 
they're going to want to get it done. And the, as soon as you had them wanting to get it done, you probably didn't have to worry about much anymore because it was part of the learning that they, they liked. So one more question. Um, this is a big undertaking, of course, but it's a worthwhile one. And your stories have really helped me believe that as well. Um, but for someone who is interested in trying this, what are your suggestions for the first couple like simple steps? Where do we begin to just take our first leap of faith into this world? Just try it out. Um, just videotape a lesson. You know, you don't need to be in it. Find what style works for you if you want to be in it. I know teachers that kind of put up a little, um, they post their phone somewhere and they're in the front of the classroom teaching the lesson as if there were students there. That's not my style, but that may be somebody else's style. Um, just try it and play around with it. And don't be scared. Don't let the fears kind of deter you away because it. ever since I implemented it, the feedback has been great. The students love it and the parents love it too because um, they can rewatch the video over and over again. And we all know that students learn at a different pace. So if you're just standing in the classroom teaching, you're going to have to repeat yourself over and over again if a student missed it. Whereas if you record it and you let them watch it at home, if they space off, they can just rewind the video and watch it again. So it saves you from having to repeat yourself over and over again. And then when they go for an assessment, they can look back at the old videos and watch them again to help them study. But it's just a, it's a great tool. The kids love it. The parents like it because it is a home easy homework assignment to facilitate for the parents. Um, and, it's just a great way to have them constantly review and the kids just like to be able to pause it, listen to it again, go back to it and slow it down. So they're learning at their pace and not just the pace directed by the teacher. I think you said so many things that are so meaningful to us moving forward on doing this. And I, I think that this certainly is a type of learning that kids clearly in your room are engaging in and just makes a lot of sense. I mean, if a student goes home and doesn't understand how to do a math problem, it doesn't matter if they have 30 to do, they're gonna keep not understanding. Whereas if a student goes home and has access to videos of their teacher re-explaining what they're trying to do, um, it just gives them so much ability to keep watching it over and over until they understand it, until they get it. And I gotta be honest, I bet you have some parents watching your videos as well, because I know in the world of math, a lot of parents uh, say they don't understand the new way to do math. And uh, so having videos at home of how the teacher expects students to be attacking problems certainly brings a lot of value. So we really appreciate that, Melissa. This is a hard thing to do, but I think you broke it down into simple, easy steps and really made it seem doable. And here you are, a teacher just two weeks into the school year uh, who's had success with this and who is moving forward with it. So here at the Teacher's Cup of Coffee, we like new, innovative ideas. We like things that bring us energy. We like things that make learning easier and more more uh, applicable to the students that we have today. I think flipping the classroom is something that's scary. I titled this podcast Flip That because normally most of us kind of feel like flip that. I'm not flipping my classroom. And I think it's important to think about what we learned today from Melissa and to just think, you know, we don't have to do, we don't have to flip the whole classroom right away. Just flip one lesson. See what happens if you flip one lesson. See what happens to learning. And then as you get more comfortable with the technology and the new routine, dive in more and more until you might find exactly what Melissa has found, which it has completely changed teaching and learning in her classroom. So we hope everybody had a good start. We hope everybody has a great next couple of weeks. And thank you for joining us again here at the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. Oh, wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. Oh.